We're literally debating that it's bad that people get to say what they think. Can you imagine? I'm reading Psalm 144 and it says, He trains my hands for war. We are on the brink of total destruction of America as we know it. Let your rebel flag fly. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott Beeson. The ladies of Liberty are here with me. Amy Beth Shaver, Allison Sinclair. Sky's here. Jesus is here. Big Dave is here. We are ready to rock and roll on this day. It's a Thursday, the fifth day of October in the year of our Lord, 2023. All three of y'all are becoming synchronized. <laughs> We're not sad you, about Sky, that. You, Sky, I just need y'all to be synchronized 60 seconds earlier. We can't keep Y'all up with really you. No, the- our bodies have <laughs> no to go in sync at 9.07. That's when we is go, that to what go it is? bing. Ready to go. Uh, yeah, you were not ready to go earlier. I have had a tough day already. <laughs> I mean, I've had a tough morning. I I'm spilled crippled. coffee grounds everywhere. Then the water spilled all over the floor. And I is had to at like home or at here? home. And then I get here. What did you do to Scott? And Scott d- didn't obviously know that I was here and I've done something I've never done in my entire life. I'm today years old when this happens. Okay, let me guess. I got nothing. (laughs) So I come in and he's whistling because he whistles. I guess that's what he does, but he's happy. I was whistling while I was working. He was whistling while he was working. So Scott, you were here first. He was here first. I'm the man. I have to make sure everything works. Oh, my God. So y'all can just stroll in like princesses. That's what I do every day. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, who didn't know where the coffee scoop was. <laughs> That's so not a man's job. So he's whistling in here, and I'm coming down the hallway, and I walk into the room, and I scared the crap she out of did. Scott. She almost got he punched. He jumped. <laughs> she almost took a punch, and I was afterwards, I was thinking, how do I explain to Chris? I knocked your wife out cold <laughs> as a tater. Right in the hallway. I mean, I heard the little bell go off, and I'm like, I bet that's Amy Beth. And then I start to go to the coffee thing, and she's behind the wall, behind the column, and she's just there. And uh, He did this. uh, Yes, I did. I did the electric shock collar shuffle. That's so... Like, how did your brain disconnect that quickly? Like, I know she's here. She's here. She was hoofing it. In. It should have taken a few more seconds for so her to appear. The little ding the ding went off, and then she's standing right here. <laughs> it's just like, boom, boom. like there she was. Like our little kids used to do in the middle of the night. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that kind awful. of thing. She was already somewhere she wasn't supposed to be that okay. quickly. And then you've already scraped your leg. And then I walk back in here to be nice. I get the water in the thing, and I slam my leg into the side of these new chairs. And it's mashed up. Just a little bit of blood. I told him he should just go home and get in bed. You know, because oh, men, when they get hurt, no, things don't go well. This is bad because if you and I have an hour to do by ourselves, that's going to be It could be a train disaster. wreck. <laughs> because I get to go take my volleyball girls, at least five of them, mm-hmm. to, uh, we're playing Auburn today. We're eagle. At the Auburn. So, yeah, Auburn what's High Auburn High School? I don't know what. What's their mascot? I have no idea. Surely we're going to the beat same them. as Auburn, Auburn. I don't but know. But you're only leaving They're early. Not... Haven't you lost them something? Lost things? What do you mean if I'm leaving early? I have I to be at you, school at 12. But you told me I had to leave earlier because I can't oh, find... Oh, that's because that was part of my day mm-hmm. is that I've lost my wallet. Mm. And I can't make fun of my family anymore for the days they say, where's my wallet? And you don't and know I go, where it is. Well, it's over there to the right behind right, the cabinet. Do you not do the... It's where you left it. 
Sometimes it depends on can if you I'm feeling remember, extra picky. Can you not remember? That's what women do. Can't you remember where you last had it? Uh, well, if I remembered that, I would know where it was. Or maybe sometimes people have it in their hands and they don't even realize not they have that. it. But have you ever looked for your glasses? They're the tiger. And they're on your head? Yeah. Or, or you're your, wearing? They're on your eyes? Yes. <laughs> So I've lost my wallet and actually I went to buy a cute little antique yesterday and I mm. went to pull out my wallet and uh, she was not there. She mm. didn't take Apple Pay. Luckily, I had to text Will my number recently and I was like, sir? He goes, we'll take it. Mm. The Chelsea Antiques that I love to go to. Yeah. Ooh. I love that place. So I had gone to so get So you were antlers. able to have a backup spending plan. I had a backup spending plan, only $86.50. It was really? great. It That's was much deal. less than I was going to come out you with saved, if I had gotten the antlers. Yeah, you would have saved all kinds of money. Yeah, absolutely done right. girl math. I was doing girl math as we spoke. Mm-hmm. Although as I was checking out, I saw a beautiful painting and I was like, how much is she? Mm-hmm. And they were like, we don't know yet. Call me tomorrow. And I was like, I think of I will. Course. After oh. I found my wallet. Mm. Oh, you did find it? No. no That's yet. part of the reason why I have to leave at 11. <laughs> so I have to go home to find my wallet first. And then I can go pick up my beauties and take them down to Auburn so we can destroy them in our volleyball match. Well, the Auburn High School mascot is a tiger. Ah, that figures. Well, the Eagles will claw whip, the tigers. Whip the tigers. Oh, that's what ironic. I did there. I like that. Very I good. felt like that was Very good. good. Is, it, is your purse? Well, is it, there's a difference. My Wallets. purse is in the car. Gotcha. I understand. Uh, there's nothing in there. What is the purse for? The wallet's just to for the money. The mom things like cheeseburgers okay. and so gum. The purse carries <laughs> the wallet and the cheeseburgers and, and the, the gum. gum and perhaps a bedazzled microphone. If this a bedazzled was microphone ago. and uh, so sunscreen, Molly could have it and sunscreen and sunscreen. We don't. Mm-hmm. The shavers don't wear you don't sunscreen. Have to do sunscreen? I don't believe not in at it. all. Well, Chris, even wears when they were little, when okay. they were little, but. Mm-hmm. As they grew, I was like, screw it. Yeah. Look at our hair. I think we're fine. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Meanwhile, I married a lobster. <laughs> he, was, he was pasty. He, he, well, I wouldn't use the word pasty, but very concerned with sunscreen. Really? Mm-hmm. He's poisoning himself. We learned well, that this morning. But, I mean, we did learn that this morning, mm-hmm. and I think that's perfect mm-hmm. for Conspiracy Thinker Thursday. I didn't learn it. Well, you're going to. No, you're going to learn. And we you're going to be doing very show concerned. Prep, getting in-depth conversations. In between mm-hmm. scares and scrapes, Studying. we were having deep no, conversations. I just fly in. Uh-huh. Just sit just down. In. You bring snacks, though. Allison. I did bring so snacks. You brought that's really big on the list. Pumpkin spice, milk chocolate, sea salt. <laughs> now, guys, here's what I want to know. Are you caramel and caramel? How do you say it? Caramel. 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 Sky, how do you say caramel. it? Well, this, this is the South. We say caramel. Caramel. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. good. I'm, I'm glad. Caramel is a Yankee or... Caramel is a weird word, and I don't like you if you say it that way. I don't either. But and you're from up there. We used I, to be. I was... You used to be? I used to be. And let me say that when I watch the Pat McAfee show, I understand where the accent comes from because it's very Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. If you've ever listened to him talk for more you than like 10 minutes. You like Pat McAfee, don't you? I love Pat McAfee. I understand sports now. <laughs> <laughs> because Pat right. McAfee explained it. Is it the tank top that just... The tank top drives to me brain. nuts. I think it's disgusting. And I almost <laughs> didn't watch him because I couldn't stand because his the tank, tank top. top. Doesn't he wear a chain, too? Oh, I don't know. I do, it depends on his, if his wife was home or not. He married his high school sweetheart. Well, he was, was a punter at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I was equally mm-hmm. interested in him. And then he became one of the greatest pump punters of all time. He's a very Will taught me aggressive about that yesterday. punter. He was really good. Mm-hmm. 
But he was I like, like a the punter way he who does was actually sports. a football player. His sports show is like yeah, our show. I appreciate that. And they, it's fun while you're learning things. Hmm. Late Very night. good. But in the morning. Late night, but in the morning. <laughs> I got you. So what do y'all want to do? <clears throat> what do you want to talk? It is a conspiracy thinker Thursday. Oh, gosh. There's so many. Oh, my gosh. Allison was on fire yesterday sending us info. Yeah. Do you want to just go through a text thread? Yes. I'm sorry. Let's I got just do really the Allison text thread from yesterday afternoon. Hey, people let's be, go back. People will be interested because they need to know what time and know that sometimes these brilliant ideas occur at 12.03. They right. really do. Right it's kind after, of funny. Right after the show. Or I'm after like, we she says, I'm done, show. and then like seven more come through. <laughs> I... <laughs> This is this is we love you, Alice. Here we go. Okay. Well, this what goes time? this goes back to Tuesday at eleven twenty-two oh. a.m. Wait, we're we're at the we're show. We're at the show. I know. You have never realized oh, that you because stuff you during were trying to tell us about this illegal, and we were talking about gangs because eighteen nineteen oh, had done an we article. We never did that story. We did need we? to do that story because it's really important. Well, Why can you we pull care it up? about it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, pull I'll it read up. this one. Okay, go. So, but make sure people know you're. We, we are literally. <laughs> On the air. Three and a half, three feet away from each other <laughs> during the show, Sky. <laughs> on the air, talking to each other. She's texting me. <laughs> or us. That's, that is a modern problem. <laughs> I have shame, actually. For shame. shame. For shame. <laughs> By the way. Did you hmm. read the text? No, no. He, no, no. He, he, still, read the text. he doesn't read anything I send. <laughs> Unless she gives us the side eye, and then we're like, oh, oh, yeah, that's Yo, great, yeah, we're Allison. Right on it, uh, let me get right on it. Is this what y'all do before I get here? <laughs> yes. You talk, and you're like, if she comes in, just pretend. <laughs> just fake it. All right, go okay, ahead. Sorry. I do have to say, since it's ADD, ADHD Thursday. Okay. I finally found, you know, I'm doing the Bible in a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm on day like 251. Okay. A little behind in my year. Sorry. But anyway, we're in Ezekiel. And do you know what Ezekiel 33, 8 said? No, what? You will surely die. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it is. Yeah, that's where it comes from originally. It is. The whole... Yep. I meant to send that to you. I'll do it Please. today during the show. Okay. Our show's verse. <laughs> Please yeah. do it. You will surely die. <laughs> you're like, what is your verse? You're at church. You're like, what is your verse for the year? We have a Bible verse. This. We don't have a motto. Nah, that's it. That'll motivate you to turn the show motto. That's the verse. You will surely die. I'm going to read a little further today and get ahead. You know that note. It just stops. That's it. Everybody go home. You will die. Well, this is not a great way to lead to this story. Well, just give us a list of all but the stories. But they didn't die. So this is the first one that I sent during the show on Tuesday. Three girls were kidnapped, tortured, and raped by an illegal immigrant gang in northern Minnesota recently. One of the girls was an 11-year-old. Ugh. So... 22-year-old Oscar Luna was arrested. He's the only one. There are several men that were involved in this. Um, the One of the girls escaped, and she told authorities that she and two other girls were tied up and raped by several men at home. <sighs> she said she was forced to drink alcohol with a woman. A bag was placed over her head where she was stripped, tied up, and raped. Okay, let's go back to the headline. Illegal immigrant gang. Mm -hmm. 
y'all, this is the thing. This is a small town, Minnesota. This isn't in the middle of, what's the big town in Minnesota? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Okay, whatever. I don't even know. I don't know anybody from Minnesota except Mike Lindell. So and this, you are tight. No, I just jump in line to <laughs> say hey. But anyway, um, so, and then the 1819 News article, it brings it, these things are coming home. They are coming That's to right. your backyard. They are not in downtown San Francisco, New York City. They are in Chelsea, Alabama. Where an MS-13 member on El Salvador's most wanted list was arrested in Chelsea after being deported last year. That's Chelsea, Alabama. And then we found another story about what had happened that we reported on in the spring. Do you remember that? At the birthday party, they also used that to talk about gang activity, not necessarily illegal gang activity, but there could have been an illegal gang activity going on, but nobody really wants to talk about it. So you're right. We, it's here. And I, for all the moms out there, I, my daughter, did we ever talk about what happened? No. No, we need to talk about that. No, the, and I'm going to have Auburn, a car full of girls, thing. so I need you to tell the story. <sighs> I think I've repressed it because the more I think about it, the more it kind of freaks me out. So my daughter and one of her friends, it was a Sunday at like a ten, maybe 10, they were um, headed up to the lake house and they went by the Auburn Walmart off Suge Jordan, Jordan Parkway in Auburn. And they pulled up, parked, they go in and they're shopping around. I can't remember why. I know why they were there. We had some friends at the lake house and they wanted to make fried Oreos. So it was really important the girl stopped and looked for the funnel cake batter. Yeah. So who knew they were almost kidnapped and surely going to die for funnel cake batter. I hear the music, so I guess we'll have to come back. But I'll tell you all what happened. It's very unsettling. Um, Yeah. And that risk is everywhere across the state. It's everywhere. Because what our government has done for us for the last... 20 to 30 years. Hmm. We gotta take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is a family-oriented show with female co-hosts. So I'm going with Pansy. Thank you. <laughs> so kind of you, Scott. <laughs> Let's not go any further. No, no, no further, no further. By the way, welcome back. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We are powered by 1819 News. And if you're enjoying this radio show as well as all the other content put out by this here 1819 News. You can support the work that they do by going to 1819news.com, go in the upper right-hand corner, and become a member today. They are your citizen-supported truth-tellers, shining the light on what's happening in the state, uncovering corruption, but still celebrating the good, the true, and the beautiful. Support nonprofit journalism that represents your values. Become an 1819news.com member today. So we're talking about these, and it is a Conspiracy Thinker Thursday but so much of Conspiracy Thinker Thursdays really is, oh, this is just the truth that we were lied to about for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And we were basically told in this country that folks streaming across the border were just, they were just like all the folks at Ellis Island mm. and just looking for a... A better life. And, and people have said it's funny because people forget that 
it was the Bush administration that admitted, I think it was 10% at the time, the 10% of the illegal aliens crossing the border, and they were for illegal aliens crossing the border. George W. Bush was big on the, you know, we're helping the women and the children. It's a new life and all that kind of stuff. Mostly because people like Karl Rove said, bring more um, folks from Central and South America. They're Catholic. They love their families. Since they love their families, they will be Republicans at some point in time. And, and that may be true. Eventually, it didn't happen in California. It didn't happen in the other places because everybody loves freebies. And that's kind of what happened. But the Bush administration admitted that 10% of the people coming to the country illegally back then were violent criminals, like bad criminals. Not like, you know, they were stealing your Amazon package off your front porch, but murderers, rapists, et cetera, which was why when Donald Trump said they're not all good people, there's murderers, there's rapists, and everybody was like, what? That's true. You can't say that about people. That's ah, awful. You're so mean. They had known that. They knew it. Mm -hmm. They knew it for years and years and years and years. He did not say anything that was inaccurate. But we, as the Americans, were, are basically led to believe that it, it, it doesn't cause problems. It's all great. It's going to be good for the economy. And everybody is seeing now that we have not only allowed tremendous numbers of criminals to come in, we have allowed those criminals to come in and set up criminal networks. Right. They are running cartels, gangs. Um, they are fully organized. And there are places in the country that they are in charge of. And people are at their mercy. Many of them being uh, people who were illegal aliens. But, but no, they've branched out. They are in charge of places that Americans used to be in charge of. And people live in fear and have to worry and, and there's very little that can happen to these people because, frankly, we supposedly don't know who they are, what their real names are, all this kind of stuff. And so we get these stories of the things that happened to the little girl in Minneapolis, or mm -hmm. Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And the news still keeps it from us. It was like the guy, the, the mm -hmm. escaped murderer or whatever. Where was that? Was that Pennsylvania just a few weeks ago? Yes, it was P Pennsylvania. And they just managed not to tell us for days and days and days and days until the right-wing media got it out that he was an illegal alien? Well, and the people from Pennsylvania started talking. Right. And they started talking about how afraid they were. And nobody went outside for like two weeks mm -hmm. in this area where he was hiding. Right. And that's really how we found out that he was a diabolical kind of guy. Right. Um, but yeah, and illegal. And do we want to talk about that American taxpayers are paying to house and feed and secure all of these illegal immigrants that... And it's thousands and thousands commit and these thousands crimes. of dollars and a paying year. For and them. if we're not for that, though, then we are evil, horrible people. Right. You're just and, not a and, good and human so being. so they've done what we've talked about this week. And what James Lindsay has us to do is to call out what they've already done, which is what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. But if you're not for them, then you are the scum of the earth. Right. Horrible, terrible, no bad, very bad people. Right. No good, very bad people. And we've got to tell people what they're doing 
it's horrific. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. It's scary. And then when they say, oh, finally, the people in New York and the people in Chicago were finally concerned about illegal immigration mm-hmm. because they've run out of room in their city. Um, No, they just want to send them back our way. Yeah, they just want to send them somewhere else. And they end up in they Chelsea, wanna, Alabama. They don't want to send them back to where they came from. That would be horrible. Yeah, no, we, we can't do no, that because they come from terrible conditions. Right. And so we can't send them back. So human trafficking is up, and I think partially because of what we've allowed into the country. Mm-hmm. And so finish the story about well, the girls at Auburn. Jennings and her friend, they go by the Walmart off Suge Jordan, mm-hmm. which is right there in it's the middle. Right, everybody it's, passes it's, it's by there. College it's, campus Walmart. Yeah, college campus Walmart. And... Jennings is usually extremely aware. Like, she's terrified to go anywhere. But apparently, when she's with someone, she lets her guard down because she was very unaware of what was happening. Mm -hmm. But her friend that was with her finally told her, she was like, these guys have been following us. And these guys had a buggy. They had a bunch of chicken. She was like, they had, like, like all these packages of raw chicken. Anyway. Mm -hmm. And they're following them around. And Jennings went to look for, I don't know why she was looking for coconut oil. Anyway, she was like, I was sitting there looking for coconut oil, and all of a sudden I turn around and these two guys are standing right. Marin said, her friend said they were like a foot over their shoulders, like oh standing there right behind really? them. Really? That's weird. That's in your personal space kind of thing. You don't do that. They're Hispanic. They have mm-hmm. tattoos. They have earrings. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And probably, I'm just making a guess, not really looking for coconut oil. Well, then they see a flash go off on one of their phones. They're taking pictures of them. Oh, Really? And that's where Jennings' friend was like, we, we got to go. Like, this is getting weird. And and so much so, I hear the music again. Sky, why do you keep doing that? It's, it's not me. Uh, it's, it's a good schedule. teaser, though. But, but, like, people are starting, well, I'll get to that on the other side. But it's starting to get weird. And then they take the picture and they're like, all right. We got to take a break. Ugh. We'll be back. <laughs> if we said all those things, we'd be in so much trouble. Probably. I'll yeah, say it. Some version of it. But we got we to focus. Focus, focus. Do you want to tell your story yeah. or go to our man who's been long and lost? So, Eric the dog, I'm so glad you called. But let me finish the story because I'll <laughs> never get through it because Sky starts playing this music. <laughs> um, so, they're standing there looking at coconut oil. and Your daughter and her friend. And they in the Suge Jordan Walmart. Mm-hmm. And they realize that these two men are took a picture of them. Because they saw They're the right beside them. They're right beside them. They're about right. a foot away, standing over them. They're right beside them. And so Jennings' friend, who was way more astute, said, we got to go. Like, this is getting weird. Because they had followed them up kind of mm-hmm. through the mm-hmm. aisles. Mm-hmm. So they go up, and they're checking out. And Jennings' friend says, okay, thank goodness. This is probably what saved them. I don't know what would have happened. Mm-hmm. But she goes over to this other man who's checking out on the self-checkout. Okay. And says, can you escort us out to our car? Because these men, and and she said, I didn't even have to finish the sentence. Like, he had already noticed these men following us. Mm -hmm. And so he said, yes, of course, I will walk y'all out. So they go out and they are leaving. And turns out the men with all their chicken had decided to check out at the same time, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, they. got They got out first. Okay, so the the men that were following them leave first and then Jennings and her friend and this other man that they asked to help them because they were scared Maren's crying at this point mm-hmm. like she's terrified 
They walk out to their car, and these men are standing outside their car right beside Jennings' car. How did they know which car? Oh, they saw them before I think they when they saw got them out. When they got out when of the When they car. got out, and they came up, and they had parked right beside them. So the man walks them to the car. They load up their car. And Jennings said, I looked, and I saw a woman's purse. There wasn't a woman with them, but I saw a woman's purse in the back of their car. And so... Um, the man that they asked to escort them watches them. They mm-hmm. drive off. The car starts following them. No. Yes. No. So Jennings calls me, and I'm like, have you called the police? Have you mm-hmm. done anything? And they're kind of freaking out. So I'm on the phone with Jennings, and I'm like, do a U-turn. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, just, and don't go down any road. Like, right, if you right. have don't to. Don't get jammed up somewhere. Right. And so she does a U-turn, and they kept going. But they were so shaken up. And it's just one of those things that the more I think, I'm like, they were watching them come in. They mm-hmm. pulled up beside them. And if they mm-hmm. had not asked that man to escort them out. Right. I can't. They must have known that the girls were then onto him because they didn't come in with that man, you know. And so yes. they're probably like, yes. all right, we got to. But y'all, that's the kind of stuff that is just terrifying in an instant. A Sunday mm-hmm. morning at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and very open place. You know, little right. Auburn, Alabama. Then it's what, what gets me about so much of this is, is people on the left and, you know, whatever, they're a bunch of nut jobs, but they'll always say stuff like, well, they could have been Americans. They could have been, you don't know that they're, mm. but here's the point. They're right about that part, but as is usually the case, they, they don't continue their thought process because you could have Americans who, abduct people, you have Americans who rape people, you have Americans who do all kinds of horrible crimes and terrible things. I get it. But where's the common sense in importing more people to do that? Where's the common sense in saying, okay, you've got a one in 10,000 chance of being abducted at the at the Wally World. Why would you make that one in 5,000? Right. Why would you make it one to two? Why do we think it's smart in any way to bring more criminals into your country, into your neighborhoods, whatever? When we when we know that these other countries have said, you know, we're keeping up a bunch of these folks in prison. Let's just send them to America. Let's just let them go to America. We'll let you out if you'll go to America. We, I mean, we know that is happening. And these people still continue to advocate for open borders and bringing millions and millions of people into the country. It makes no sense whatsoever. But unfortunately, the people who make those decisions and have been making those decisions seem to be isolated from the real world effects, which is why it's so interesting what is happening in Chicago and New York and these other blue cities who, who thought it was wonderful for small town Alabama and small town Texas and small town Mississippi to be overrun with thousands of new people, whether they're good or bad or whatever, mm-hmm. it's still very, very expensive. And now that it's getting close to them, uh, oh no, uh-uh, mm-hmm. you, no, this is this is bad. Well, again, I've said it on the show a number of times. It wasn't bad when it was Albertville, Alabama. No, it was fine mm-hmm. for for them to mm-hmm. have to spend all kind of money right. on their schools and and all this kind of stuff, and their hospital be strained, and it was fine. But now that it's right there in their neighborhood, oh, this is just wrong. It has to stop now. It's so fun when their hypocrisy is naked. When it finally gets to them. Mm-hmm. Which is which is why I cannot wait 
I know we have phone calls today, mm-hmm. but why I can't wait to talk about what's happening in El Salvador. Mm. Because can you imagine if somebody gets into office and acts this way mm-hmm. toward the people that they are purposefully letting over? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's for invasion. I don't know what mm-hmm. the reason is. It is conspiracy right. thinker Thursday. It could be for any number of reasons, right. but it has to be on purpose. But I wonder what would happen, how people would respond if somebody actually was man or woman Took enough on, to actually take yeah. it on and do what we're begging for them to do. Because this situation for Jennings and Marin, right. we could be sitting in a very different place today. We could. And yeah. I do want to say, it's what you were talking about, it has nothing to do with them being Hispanic. I mean, it has everything to do with that their behavior was weird. Right, Black, right. white, brown, and you do, whatever. What does what what the leftists always say? You don't, you don't know that they were illegal. Just because they're Hispanic doesn't mean they're illegal. That's what that's what you always get. Well, and exactly. I have a Hispanic child. Right. And actually, we chose to adopt from Guatemala because I love Hispanic culture. We spent a lot of time down there when I was growing up. And they are the kindest. They do. They love their families. Mm-hmm. They work some of the hardest working people. They have absolutely nothing. But they mm-hmm. love Jesus. And they right. love their families. And they care for one another. But I, statistically, you have to look at when you see what's coming across the border now. It's not the families that have right. children. It is the fighting military age men mm-hmm. that are coming. Mm-hmm. For and our, and our government has forced us then to look at people with. Well, we have. They forced us to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, they statistically It's really they cruel. Statistically made it happen. Yes. Right. What do you call it when you're going to the airport and they don't like us to talk about it and you are profiling? Ha- you're profiling. They right. forced us to profile right. if we want to be safe. Mm-hmm. This is our government's fault. Yeah, they did it. And it wasn't on accident. You're right about that. Let's go to Eric the Dog. Eric the Dog, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. Respect. I mean, you were talking We're sitting here talking about yeah. what we got to do. You're so on the air. Yeah, for you. Hey, Eric. <laughs> Hola. 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 Como esta? I'm working. Yes. I'm glad you're, you're working. Today. We are very glad yeah, you're working. Man. Y'all caught me in a moment. I was about to start going off. So. Well, I was going to tell Sky. Right you might want to, uh, yeah. Well, Somebody might. Yeah. Re- as long as you. Yeah, I talk yeah, to this guy off the, the air all the, the time. So. As long as you give directions. <laughs> the profanities in Spanish, we won't know the difference. Okay, FCC. well, that guy would have understood him, too, so that was good. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm convinced that there are several TV series out there that are actually, you know, they're ahead of their time. They're prophesying what what is happening with our government. One of those is The Blacklist, mm. and the other one is the uh, uh, that one with John Cena where he's a superhero, free life, freedom, free something, that guy. Yeah, we got to take a break, Eric. If you can stick with us, please do. We'll have you on the other side. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott Beeson. The ladies of Liberty are here. We are powered by 1819 News. Check our friends out over there at 1819news.com. Eric the dog is with us. Eric, we're glad you're back, brother. We uh, we missed you. Well, the ladies the ladies missed you. I didn't I didn't necessarily miss you. I know you didn't miss me. I get it. It's fine. I understand. <laughs> I missed you, dog. You know, Aww. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like that. Uh, what do they call that? I got, a- I'm like that athlete's foot. <laughs> y- you miss me. You don't know how much you miss me until I'm gone. Dang. 
there's another itch place, but I don't want to use that one on there. That's a mm-hmm. <laughs> never mind. Anyway, uh, you know these, these people and how they do us is just I'm sick of it. I am like I'm ready. To, I'm I'm to the point of let's stop talking and let's start doing. And whatever the doing part is, you know, let's 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 figure something out because all these politicians, every one of them, you don't see these people. They might go up there on a pauper budget, but they come home millionaires. Somebody please. What would be the first thing you would do? The first thing I would do. Yeah. Um. Overall. Can you say that on the air? (laughs) Yeah. uh, <laughs> Go to the third thing you would yeah. do. Go to the third you thing. Ever seen the <laughs> <laughs> first, first thing I would do is is uh, I I disband I'd start disbanding complete departments, uh, mm. the bureaucracy, the entrenched bureaucracy. I'd be getting rid of those. I'd make Eric. You would be you would be causing unemployment to go up. You'd be taking people's jobs away. They they wouldn't be able to support their families. Well, maybe not the level that we've been paying for them to do it, but I mean, <laughs> if you have skills, you can support yourself. That's a, I'm, I'm living proof. I, I, I never even went to college. I drove by a few of them, but I never went in them. <laughs> right. But, I mean, you'll, you'll be fine. I mean, you may, you may have to work harder than you're used to, uh, and you may have to do some things you don't want to do, but I, I don't care. I mean, that, that's life. Ain't nobody running around here, you know, handing me. $5,000 suits and yeah. uh, can't say that uh, trying to gain my uh, allegiances and, and my vote so they can do what they want to these people treat us like second class citizens what, what I would really really do first off is I would sign an executive order that prohibits any government official any government entity any government anything from passing laws that exclude them from the consequences of the law. Period. You know, I agree. You make a law, it's entirely applicable to you. Which means insider trading, that's applicable to you. If you're on a subcommittee or something that you're getting inside information about businesses and stuff, you are not allowed in any way, shape, form, or fashion to profit from that. And if you do, we're going to fill the federal pens up with uh, not people who are on drug charges, but people who are doing blue-collar crime stealing from us. These people get government contracts, government money, and then they profit from that because they had the inside track on who was going to get what contract. And I'm sick of them. I'm sick of them. They're stealing my money by inflating with inflation and they think I'm dumb just because, mm. you know, what are you going to do? i tell you what, put me in a room with you. Let's find out what I'm going to do. I'll whoop any one of them in that Congress. Well, most of them. <laughs> that guy in the wheelchair might get me, but I, I I'm, I'm sick of them, man. Yeah. They just, they're thieves, and they lie to your face, and they use half-truths, and they tell you what you want to hear, and then they do what they want to do. I'm sick of it. Let's get well, they're, do, they're doing what, they're, many of them are doing what their real goal is, Eric the Dog, and their real goal is not to represent me and you. It is not to do what is best for the United States of America and its people. They are doing what what they believe in, which is creating this new world order run by the, you know, the World World Economic Forum and those sorts of people. They are trying to create a new world and they are flushing all of us down the toilet while they do it. And and they're just following their dreams. They just lie to us to get there. We're slaves, Scott. We're, We're slaves. 
We it literally does look go to like work. that. They literally take money from us, and they just keep increasing how much they take for us. We don't get a say in it. You got it. We got to go, Eric. Taxes doubled. All right, y'all. Adios. Thanks, buddy. Bye. See you. Adios. Adios. Welcome back to the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott Beeson. We are back. <laughs> oh, the show between the shows, guy. Sky, I want to let you know that a whole workout will be questions. Parker yeah. and Scott were doing like resistance bands, push-ups, and then they didn't want. They didn't want their picture taken. No paparazzi. No, no evidence. Uh, no, no. We all have tea and coffee. We're refreshed, ready to go. I'm glad the kale salad is really paying off with the energy. To <laughs> and also, who left their salad in the trash can over there? Oh, that was not me. Is there a new salad? Yeah, salad that was a girl's salad. You know what? You're a, girl. You're a man's man. We men don't well other than last night. We don't just get salads all the time. That was you know, if you if you want salad, have a salad. Salad yucky without the dressing. Without the dressing, salad's nothing. Yes, it's dead it's to bad. me. So you know, my wife's like, you know, as much salad as you, I mean, as much dressing as you put on there, you might as well just got a second burger. I'm like, that's what I wanted to do. Well, at the start, you know, but ranch dressing actually has very little sugar, so it's a fantastic <laughs> topping. Really? Yes. So is mustard. Thank you. And well, mayonnaise has sugar, but. Ranch dressing, it's great. Are you and Lori like me and Jared? So we'll go out to eat. We discuss. And you discuss. We have discussions. Well, that's not where I was going. <laughs> but like, like we'll get, so the, the server will come up and she'll be like, uh, I've got this steak with a baked potato and a side of fries. And she'll start to hand it to Jared and I'll be like... That's, That's my mine. <laughs> and then she'll be like, okay, the salmon on a bed of spinach yes. wilted. That's yours. No, no, yeah. no. That is not yes, the way it is. Ma'am. Yes. And then, how about you and your wife? Do you, is this the same thing? I eat the health. I do the Jared stuff. I eat the salads. Really? She gets the burgers and the fries. Yes. And the oh, yes. Okay, date. That's a I have girl like a quadruple date. <laughs> I mean, do, I, do the I, servers I get it wrong? Do they try and give her the I salad? I like, give me that salad quick. And she doesn't want me to eat her fries, so. Uh, so you get the salad, but then you want part of her fries. I do. Uh, I, like, do I you finish her food? I know you. Yes, Monday. I know. <laughs> so, I know. I wonder why I had so yeah. few. Oh, I didn't tell you until right now. <laughs> oh. I told, I told <laughs> Amy Beth, I didn't tell you. <laughs> See, I was like, I what, they're stingy with the fries. Well, now, does your husband order panic? Does your wife order panic and then want some of your food? Because you perhaps get the exact same thing every time you go out. You know, and they they panic a little bit because they want the salmon salad with with the nasty wilted lettuce and the sad dressing. Right, right. the vegetable. Medley. And then they look over and they're like, "I should have gotten that." And, and then halfway the through, he looks at my food and I'm like, "Do you want some?" <laughs> does that happen to y'all, or does Jared like? Is he resolute in his salmon salad? Or no, 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 he's resolute. I'm more like, mm, I should have gotten the pizza too. <laughs> If you eat healthy, I love you, just, pizza you, at you, you spend six more months in a nursing home. So I don't really understand. At that. North Italia, the pizza's delicious. I've only been there once. <laughs> anyway, I went, I went and ate with Parker. And where do we go? Cookout. Cookout. It's pretty good. And you? When? And he, he, and he got like some kind steak. of chicken sandwich. Of course he did. He was when was get, this? He was when were y'all hanging out without us? We hang out Every all the time day. without y'all because we don't. I mean, women drag you down. He was having a healthy day, and then he decided to get. <laughs> Decided to get. A, I think he got the grilled chicken sandwich still. No, I got, oh, a got a burger. I got a burger. Burger, fries, or onion rings, and then a milkshake yes. instead of the green healthy water shake that he was going <laughs> right, to eat. Right, right, right. Yes, I did not bring the the shake I brought with me from home to help me lose weight. We just scrapped. I mean, I'm, this shake was good. Y'all leave all the time because we have something to do. 
I didn't know y'all went to all the places. We hang out all the time. We're in here. We bowl in the hallways and <laughs> play darts. And I don't know why you took your Eno home. Well, it was the concrete posts were getting stuff all over the straps. It was oh, annoying. Wow. You wanted those. Yeah. I, I like things to be right. Yeah, you really do. I save things. Wow, you do. I'm always you are- like, why are you saving it? You've got to use it eventually. I know, but if I use it, it'll mess it up. <laughs> Look, Scott, <laughs> I, uh, he tried to get me to get a used but we couldn't use the coffee anymore. That mm-hmm. of Folgers coffee out of the trash so that he could use the plastic the bin. plastic holder. Yes, Scott, this is not nineteen fifty two. I know. I could like, just we go. We don't need I to could, do if this I need anymore. Something to keep some nails in. I could go to the store and buy Ugh. one new. Scott, Instead I'm on of your using side, Scott. One. Thank you. Did you get it out of the trash? No, can? I did not. <gasps> she shamed me. Actually, bought a new one. I think right. Listen. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, whatever. Um, okay. Are we still talking so about So we're Andy talking Stanley? about the church and Andy Stanley, and I've got a question. Okay. I know you had a question, but I got a question for all of y'all. Okay. As we're seeing a departure, not just from things in our schools, really the church used to be the hub of the community, and that's changed. But when we've seen this most recent shift away from the gospel and toward teaching that tickles the ears... Okay. Do y'all think that this happened when seeker-friendly churches began to be a thing? What what is what's the definition of seeker-friendly uh, church? Highlands. Uh, excuse me. Sorry. <coughs> so yeah, so it, just it's the, the church we want everybody that to glittery just be here. glow balls, great rock session before right. church starts or as the worship, and it's mm-hmm. this big production and like perhaps fireworks, <laughs> and then we have lots of sermons that are about you, not necessarily a lot of self-help. going through the Bible, a okay. lot of self help. Sometimes they'll One go verse, deep. an hour and a half sermon of yes. my opinion as a pastor on what yes. that verse might mean, could mean, possibly means make you a better parent, make you a better person, make you a better worker, make you a better friend. Yes. All that. And then glamorize where all we're serving because, you know, people need to know that, apparently. So that's a seeker, seeker-friendly? Seeker-friendly church because Jesus needs help, you know. Right. Because the gospel's not enough. Gospel's not enough. I always wondered why the Apostle Paul and, and the others um, just didn't understand how church should be. You know what I'm saying? Have y'all ever been to Highlands? Yes. Yes? Abs? My kids have. I have not been to a sermon. No. Now, sermons I know that lately he has been preaching because I listened. His sermons on mm-hmm. Daniel were awesome. Okay. But they're not all. That, that is, that is right. one. There are many that right. are like that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a lot of friends who go to some of those places and, and apparently really enjoy them. And, enjoy and my thing is, about look, enjoyment. is the gospel being preached or not? And that's the, that's kind of the yeah. question. Well, the, it's the, is the gospel being preached, but is the Bible being explained too, I think is, is fair because like that's we can fair. have the gospel at the end of a sermon where I'm talking oh, about Oh, I see what you're talking ideas. about. But those are, yeah, those are, yeah, it, it, it's kind of like the Andy Stanley thing where he starts with the and well, you know, if you're a same-sex attracted believer, you need to be celibate. That's your thing. It's just like an adulterer. Hey, look, that might be what you want to do, but you can't run around having adultery. Mm-hmm. And then they go, well, we've done that for a few years, and now you can get married. Now you can get married because I know it's tough on you. And that's kind of what happens in some of these places where they say, well, you know, we, we presented the gospel. 
once or whatever, but they're not really biblically based. And I know there's people who are like, y'all are so judgmental. And it's not up to me. It's just whether or not church should be what the Bible says or not. That's, That's what the real debate is, isn't it? So what is what what does the Bible say church should be? The church church the gospel is first Christ Christ crucified the resurrection the only way um, that is the only way to heaven Jesus is the only way to heaven and then what the Bible itself says on all these different issues and, and it's a weird vague line because any quote unquote proper sermon would be an explanation of what God's word says more than, hey, I've got a really good idea. I think I want to tell dads to be nicer to their wives. Therefore, I'll go find two verses to back up what I'm saying instead of this is what the Bible says to start, and then I'm trying to explain what it says. You see what I'm saying? It's it's, it's from two different directions. Even though the second direction might be like a good idea, like it might be good for parents to know how to obey, but that's not what the Bible's saying in in Daniel or Ruth. You know, the the Bible's not about us. It's about God, and so... Yeah, right. that's exactly. So, so I got it right. Night. Yes. Parker's like, <laughs> <night. laughs> Parker's very shocked by this. I'm not yes. shocked. He's like, <laughs> I, I know Gardendale so Baptist. Right for here. things like like the Unite service that Auburn did, uh-huh. is that wrong? It's not a church gathering. I didn't. I'm not really familiar with what. Was that put on by the, the, Auburn Community Church? No, no, no. It okay. was just. It it wasn't a church. They had mm-hmm. church leaders come in. Um, mm-hmm. A pastor came in. They had. Um, what was the name? A passion, Passion City, mm-hmm. Passion yeah. Music. Yeah, so, so it was like, like a worship it gathering. Like a, it was a worship say? gathering. Yeah, an even, but, uh, maybe an evangelical event. There's nothing wrong with having topical right. sermons or topical teachings, but it's when you go to church and that church of you no know, gathering of all, everybody. That's when it, it should be about. But there were lights and guitars and music. But it's not, yeah. It's not, but it's not church. You know, you, you may, maybe that's how you grab people, but you got to make sure that you can keep them with just straight up, here's what the Bible says. Because mm-hmm. if you got to keep them with mm-hmm. the music, then mm-hmm. what, here's they, what here's, do they love? The here's one of those interesting little churchy questions. So what is the church? At all these churches, what, are the, what do we always say? What is the church? The church is not the building, right? So what do we say? It's the people. It's the believers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the church is the believers. So then why are we building mega churches on non-believers? And, and, churches and we are not pursued. We we do not pursue us. We're dead, dead in our trespasses. Like we're dead. Right. It is God who pursues right. us. But so they, sometimes I think we miss the, hey, we're going out. We are the church. We are the believers. And we're trying to gather believers, mm-hmm. gather believers where we're reaching out into out there. But I think sometimes we forget that we're reaching out. And what we're doing is we're bringing in. And then we end up with folks who aren't believers who really aren't in the church officially. They're not part of the body of Christ because they're not believers. And then that's who we're putting on the stage and that's who we're elevating and that's who we're letting speak for us. And that misses the biblical definition of the church. But I think what's really cool that happened in Auburn is that there was repentance and there was conviction of sin and there was repentance and there were baptisms. I think that's something that is significant that Mm -hmm. happened in Auburn that doesn't happen everywhere which was beautiful about that because Mm -hmm. when the word of God is preached, you will be convicted of your sin. Mm -hmm. And so often I think Chris was texting me earlier. We were talking about this very subject this morning and he said that we have raised people to expect to be entertained at church. 
And that's that dividing line. Are you preaching the gospel? Does that preaching of the gospel bring repentance of sin? Or are we so focused on how we feel when we're there? And are we so entertained, but we walk out with dirty hearts? And it's exactly the same. And, and, and that's really has me wondering on this whole discussion is did this all start, did this latest pivot away from the truth and the centrality of the gospel and the beauty of Christ, did it start when we decided the gospel wasn't enough and we need to be real sweet to everybody so they want to come in and join us when it's actually Christ who pursues us in the first when, place? When we bought that it had to be marketed. Yes. Well, but there we are a lot of these churches like thing. the Episcopalian church and a lot of the Methodist churches, mm-hmm. they aren't this flashy... They're Those dying. are the ones. They are dying, but right. they're not the ones that are. They right. they abandoned the. They abandoned. They kept the worst. They kept the boring part, but they didn't keep the gospel. You can have the gospel, and it can still be like this. Isn't a terrible thing to listen to. You know, right. you can have both. And so the seeker sensitive people, you know, they kind of went down the wrong way where they they have the flashy, but they don't have the gospel. And you can right. you can do both, and maybe that's all right. Right. No, so maybe it's a lot like that or it's a like both hands. Let's see what Roger's got. I know we don't have a lot of time. We may have to carry him over. Roger, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. Good morning, boys and girls. It's time to talk about the, the food situation, uh, but uh, just a quick comment. Yes, sir. Uh, on the mega churches. If, if I don't see every dollar in and every dollar out, just the way the government should work also, uh, no, nothing hidden because uh, when we give uh, they're building and giving and all that crap going on in Birmingham yeah, y'all a bunch of heathens up there I'm telling you what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have a monopoly on the heathens, but we've got we've got our fair share, Roger. Well, that, 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 that million dollar uh, rest center for what was that church in the Highlands? And they didn't know nobody knows. Yeah, what wait a minute. Now the River Region's got one or two of those. Uh, if they did thirty minutes of music and five minutes of preaching, I'm out. <laughs> fair enough. Hey, can I carry you over, Roger? We got to take a break. You got it, buddy. Roger will be back on the other side. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We are powered by 1819 News. If you're enjoying this show as well as all the other content that's put out and supported by 1819 News, you can support that work by going to 1819news.com and becoming a member today. They are your citizen-supported truth-tellers, shining the light on what's happening in the state of Alabama, uncovering corruption and celebrating the good, the true, and the beautiful. Support nonprofit journalism that represents your values. Become an 1819news.com member Today, so you you had a real quick thing before I go back to Roger. Yes. What did you want to point out? Because we don't want people to misunderstand. Yes. No. I here's the deal. If they are preaching the Bible mm-hmm. straight up, mm-hmm. um, then that's the, like adhere to the word of God. Right. If that's where people are meeting God because God is pursuing them, mm-hmm. that is awesome. I don't want to say that every single one of those kinds of churches is. Right. In a is an apostate. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is that we have gotten so used to being comfortable and entertained mm-hmm. that long term is this going to be sustainable? And um, but if this is where kids are meeting Christ, this is awesome. Right. Period. But I am concerned about the culture of 
complete and utter entertainment at church and these seeker-friendly, let's go find people and show them that we're really nice and sweet. Right. But we haven't preached the gospel to them or taught them how to read their Bible or mm. disciple them. We haven't done any of those sense. things. And, and no, those no, are no, my and, concerns. We're not trying to out not, any particular yes. church unless we're doing... Uh, What's his name? And Steen, what's his name? Joel Osteen. Osteen. It's a joke. Yeah, I mean, it's that that kind of thing. So nobody get offended or upset. And and I think it is fair to say, hey, look, let's make sure we go to churches that believe God's word is true and that it is all applicable and we don't get to change it. This is the rule book and let's go with it. And And if that's the case, that's the case. You have to be careful not to judge people and where they are in their walk either because I look back to where I was 10 years ago. I'm in a very different spot. You know, my theology, um, I've grown, I've learned. We go, you know, people are in, you should always be growing. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I'm worried about though. And I worry about the folks who go to a church that everybody says is great and it's an ear-tickling church, and you don't realize it. You don't know it. Yes. That would be my thing, because that would be keeping people from Christ instead of leading people to Christ. And there are some churches out there that are not uh, God-fearing churches, and it says church on their, on their placard out front. Here's the sign. other part that I have a problem with, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I've only heard of a few churches who do this. This really drives me nuts, mm-hmm. and it's only because it's in the Bible, and it says the left hand doesn't need to know what the right hand is doing. If you give, let it be to God, and nobody needs to know about it. Right. But this proclaiming what we're doing each week and how many people we're reaching and how many people we're serving, and we're right. displaying our good works in front of people who don't Out need to, to know about it, that is absolutely not biblical. And I have a real problem with that of look at me, I am so good, I am doing this. Look at what we're doing in all the places where we are. Right. And I've seen good that point. during COVID where you are watching sermons and you're trying to see like, where am I gonna get fed? I mean, a lot of us were turned online to figure out where can we get biblical teaching. Right. But if your church is constantly telling you we're serving here and we're going here and right. look at all this and how good we are, that is not biblical. It says to serve in secret. Do not serve in public. Absolutely, that's gotta stop. So that's the other part that I have is the entertainment part and the display of good works that, uh uh-uh. Too much of that. Too much. Let's go back to Roger. Roger, welcome back to the program. That gal be hard to live with, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I am a handful. Roger, I am. Never tell you just sit down and shut up. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, uh, no, I didn't think so. Uh, back to the groceries. Well, y'all were talking about uh, going out and who gets what. We every year take on a project down at the bay and we do it ourselves. And the difference between what we could have hired somebody to do and doing it ourselves, that's our dining budget for the week. Do we stay yeah. eight days? So this year wound up being about eighteen hundred dollars. And I said, Honey, yeah. you ain't spending eighteen hundred dollars on groceries. That ain't gonna happen. Right. So uh, I gave her a grand it, it figured out one thousand dollar meal or ten hundred dollar meals, you figured out. So uh, forcing us out of our comfort zones to go to different restaurants, we were doing the same thing. I would order 
something that I knew she would eat because she was ordering something to try something new that I knew she wasn't going to eat. And more times than not, they would set the dish on the table. She would just slide hers over to my side of the table and take mine gently to uh-huh. her side of the table. But she had a ball trying to figure out how to fit everything she wanted to do in that budget. So uh, after 38 years of marriage and a project, we didn't get divorced had a good time so uh, but yes she's a creature of habit go to the same place eat the same thing every time but we step out and see something different there you go thanks Roger we appreciate you buddy have a good one let's go to Charles Charles welcome to the program thank you for listening hey good morning y'all hey good good morning morning. I mean uh, even including myself uh we have become lukewarm. And it's me, exactly me too. Bible, You're right. And it exactly, it's exactly what Revelation says, that we would become lukewarm. I have to remind myself every day yeah. to stay the course. And churches are not teaching what they're supposed to. They are not at all. And the churches are doing exactly what it says in Revelation that they'll do. And that is they're teaching uh, that it's okay to be homosexual, it's okay to be trans, it's okay to be this, it's okay to be that. And all that boils down to being lukewarm. And it don't matter how many feelings it hurts, whether it hurts my feelings, your feelings, or whatever, because right now anybody can look around and see that we need to get our you-know-what together. Let me, let me ask you something, Charles. I, I, there's people who listen to this program. There's, well, I take that back. They've probably already turned the program off, and they're mad. But, but here's right. the thing. All we have to do is go to one of these sites that, where, they, where these people go out and do polling, and they poll church members, and they ask them basic questions about what the Bible says. Not like, you know, who was Joab's brother's cousin's nephew. Not that question. Just basic biblical stories. And church members have no idea. So if we don't know what's in the Bible, we haven't been taught. So no one can bring an argument to me that we've been learning what we should be learning if we don't know what the Bible says. Charles, I appreciate you, brother. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. Alabama Unfiltered Radio, powered by 1819 News. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate you being a part of the show. We do have a guest. Hopefully, uh, he'll be calling back in. I think we ran, may have ran over a little bit of his time. But you wanted to say something, Amy Beth, about... We talked about this a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes with what I was saying, which is... And I know people get... Everybody's very sensitive. I get it. Um, about their church, where they go, the whole nine yards. But I think it's fair to say, as advice, yes. go to where they're actually preaching the whole word of God. All of it. And get it getting it all from everything, everything in context, that that comes first and it's being explained instead of, hey, I've got a really cool quote and then I'll see if I can find two verses that are similar to that quote. And it's just a backwards way of doing it. And then I made the point that we're not getting what we need in America, even in the churches. 
And the proof of that is we fail all these biblical quizzes. Right. We don't know what it says. And I'm not talking about individual people who the son of Hezekiah was or something like that. We, we miss the stories, like the big stories. Mm-hmm. I saw a thing one time they were asking about Noah or Moses or David and Goliath. And some huge number of people didn't even get the, the plain old basic Kind of like history of America. So, yeah, like exactly. When we right. asked the other day, what are the three branches of government? Yes, and then, and the college and, junior was like, um, um, the house. <laughs> what about the people who say, well, who was Washington D.C. named after? That's yeah, funny. That's a good one. You never seen that one before? No. It was in California, no. and it was like person after person after person. <laughs> And they said, who is Washington, D.C. named after? And, and they like, still didn't get Abraham it. Lincoln? Well, it's probably the same people who ask about who's Columbus Day named for. And we don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they vote for Democrats. They, no, I'm sorry. They, I didn't say that. Did you say that out loud? Well, here's the thing. You're exactly right. It is, the situation is, hopefully, is our friend here? He's back on. Okay, right. then we'll, we'll pause and let's go to our, our new friend. Me? Go ahead. Yeah, you do the introduction. So we have Jarek Wilkins, who actually was on our show last week, two weeks ago, talking about his term limits book, mm-hmm. which is ironic because now he's announced uh, yesterday that he is running against Gary Palmer in District 6, the new Alabama District 6. Um, and we're going to talk to him today, kind of see why in the world he's running. It's going to be a tough race, but I'm glad he's in it. Jarek, are you with us? Yes, good morning. How are you good guys morning. Today? We're great. Sorry about the delay. We got on a, and you probably would be interested, we got on a serious topic of churches and biblical teaching and the gospel and wow. Um, uh, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I've been, I've been in the faith world uh, most actually my entire life. Uh, you know, my undergraduate was in theology and I consider going into ministry at one point before I got into the business world, um, but I'm still very active in our church. I'm a, I'm a Gideon locally and serve on several uh, nonprofit boards, including Mission Increase and, and others as well. So, yeah, definitely appreciate that topic. It's, it's a tough one, but so tell us real quickly a little bit about yourself and why in the world, like who in the world wants to go to Washington, D.C.? Why are you willing to take this well, on? Well, I don't want to go to Washington, D.C., and in fact, my wife wants wants us to go even less, but we know that our country is at a critical stage, and we need leaders to step up and, and function as citizen legislators and not career politicians. And uh, this is a path that I started down as I was working through this book. And then back in March, uh, after our incumbent uh, uh, decided that he was gonna break his promise to only run five terms, uh, I started taking a deep look at what our representative is doing for us. And, And when I looked further into it, I found that he's really not representing the people of Alabama's conservative values like we want. And I felt that God was calling me to step up and to challenge him. It's a time for us to take a break from our our, uh, business world. And I'm at a place 
uh, where I'm willing to commit the resources and time to do it. Uh, but I will tell you that, uh, that it is a temporary assignment. It's the deal I've made with my wife that under no circumstance would we be there more than uh, three terms or six years. And unlike a self-imposed term limits. I, I, I jokingly say I have wife-imposed term limits. She, she said she would actually campaign against me if I tried to run a fourth term. So. Oh, I like your she wife. Like What's her name? <laughs> uh, we, we've been married for 24 years. My wife, Carol, is wonderful. Uh, she's definitely been a rock of support for me. Uh, and, and I appreciate all that she's done in this endeavor because going into the swamp and taking on this battle is not going to be easy. Uh, but I'm confident with the support of our community and, and, and everyone in the district that, uh, that we can win this race, uh, especially with the new district lines. And I think it'll be a very solid, solid move for us. What issues are you interested in taking on first? Well, there, there's a couple of things I feel are critical. First of all, I, I definitely will will be working towards term limits, uh, constitutional amendment for term limits. Uh, that's on the top of my list. I also think we've got to address our fiscal crisis, and, and we can accomplish a lot of that by by pushing for a balanced budget amendment, making substantial cuts to the bloated federal bureaucracy. I mean, when, when you think about the fact that our national debt has grown from $18 trillion to $33 trillion uh, with our current incumbents' leadership, and that we're continuing to run $2.2 trillion in deficits, something has to be done about that. And we're more concerned about send, sending billions of dollars of borrowed taxpayer funds to the Ukraine when we've got a crisis at the southern border. And we've got to address these issues. There's so many things that we've got to take care of uh, for our country, but those are some of the critical ones. And and one of the other ones that resonates closely to home is with our education system. I mean, it is amazing that we're allowing the woke left ideologies to impact how we're educating our children. Uh, And that's why I'm I'm gonna introduce legislation to eliminate the Federal Department of Education and bring those tax dollars back to Alabama and to the parents where they belong. Hmm. That's a good point. Uh, Jerry, let me let me ask you a couple questions. I know there's a lot of people listening all across that 6th Congressional District. How how has that district changed? Are are there some new communities that are added into that district? so maybe they're like, oh, wait a minute, this, uh, I do have a say in what's happening in the 6th. There really is. In fact, uh, I had a call with uh, Secretary of State Wes Allen this morning, and they're supposed to be up to uploading the interactive maps later today. Uh, but the district is changing considerably. We're picking up Ataga and Elmore counties, which, you know, have been under the Barry, in Barry Moore's district prior. Uh, you've got Coosa in play there. So, and not to mention all the standard Shelby County, which has been part of the district. Uh, but then we're, then we're picking up, uh, Chil- uh, you know, Chilton County a little bit more in that area. Uh, and then you have Bibb as well as as well as a small portion of Talladega 
And then, of course, the, the real question is how Jefferson is divided, and that's why I think it's important for us to look at these street-by-street-level maps. Because some people may be surprised they could end up in seven or they could be end up in six the way they've divided Jefferson. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, my, my goal is, is to be from, from the southern part of the, uh, the district all the way to the northern part of the district and interact with voters. Uh, fortunately, working in the automotive sector, I've been privileged to spend a lot of time throughout the district. I've done transactions. Uh, in just Very about good. Jarek, we're going to carry you over, buddy. Jarek Wilkins, who is uh, announcing his run for Congress in the 6th Congressional District is with us, and we'll be back on the other side. Welcome back into the program, everybody. Jarek Wilkins is with us. He has announced his run for the 6th Congressional District, and, we're, and we'll probably have some of the folks from the River Region on soon, as soon as they all figure it out. Jarek, yes. welcome back to the program. And let me ask a question. So has the state, do you know, I guess you talked to the Secretary of State, has the state of Alabama said, fine, we'll just, we'll do your maps is that what we finally said to the federal judges? So uh, uh, the Secretary of State actually put something out on Twitter, comment on that. I'll let you guys refer to his specific comments. But uh, okay. uh, yes, the, the courts uh, the courts uh, did decide on map three. Uh, and uh, I'm sure there will be you know future conversations. And uh, I can't speak as to what uh, uh, Secretary of State or the, uh, the State Attorney General have planned for future action. But for now, these are the maps that we have in place. And uh, we're going to be using them to run a great campaign and connect with the voters and get our message out and, and hopefully send a, a true conservative representative to Washington. Man, that makes sense. What is the early response? I know you, well, I think some people may have let it out a little bit early, but um, so I guess people know now that you're running. What, what are, what's the response from regular people so far? I mean, and your friends and family are always for you. Well, you think they are until you get the voting rolled back. But um, <laughs> uh, well, kind of what are regular people thinking? What's the pulse of the folks out there? Well, we, we've done some obviously some internal internal uh, polling, and we're, uh, we've also got some external data that we're waiting for. But I've had a lot of great conversations with voters. I've been able to already get out to some other events, even even yesterday in the district uh, with Republican voters, and it, it's been been very very positive. I think one of the things that has surprised some of the people I've talked with is they didn't realize the extent to uh, the extent to how the incumbent has not been adequately representing them and i think that as we get our message out they'll see that uh 83% of voters believe in term limits and we just need to provide to them choices uh, i think that when you look at the mess that our country is in people realize that it's career politicians that put us there and we've got to have a change of trajectory we've got to mm-hmm. have a change of course and i love my good old car analogy uh, we got to have a change of drivers, and it's time that we send a new driver to uh, to Washington because because uh, the current ones have put us in the ditch, and we're just spinning our wheels. Speaking of a new driver, it's kind of off topic, but right in line with what you're saying that we need change in Washington. How do you feel about Speaker McCarthy's ousting and the uh, what are we going to call him? The Elite Eight, the Gang of Eight. <laughs> That voted to uh, to get a change up in D.C. How do you feel about what just happened? Well, I think it's unfortunate that we got to this point, and this actually stems from the root problem. I mean, uh, our current incumbent voted 15 times to put to elect McCarthy, and he was doing that at the betrayal of conservative principles. 
Uh, I don't think McCarthy should have ever been Speaker of the House. Now, the, the timing of, of his ouster was not ideal, but like I said, it goes back to the fact he shouldn't have been Speaker in the first place. And, and in fact, you guys will be the first to, first to know. I'm putting a notice out here shortly that uh, I am supporting uh, Jim Jordan for Speaker, uh, and I look forward to seeing a true, steadfast conservative in the race, uh, and he has my full support. Okay. So I wonder if we see Donald Trump there on Tuesday. Or is he, he, he put his support behind Jim Jordan now. I don't know what happened between them, but I guess Donald Trump has backed out of the speaker race well, pretty they gracefully. Just, they just asked him if he would. Well, no, do but it. he was right. talking about they were going to let him into the conference for the forum on Tuesday night where they all the potential speakers get to speak right. and kind of give their pitch. But I guess now. It's really looking like Scalise or Jordan, and I'm definitely with you. I think Jordan is the better choice for sure. Anything else that we need to know about your campaign? How can people find out more about you, Jarek? Well, th- thank you. That's that's perfect segue because I can tell you that we have a lot of great information on our website. It's Wilkins. F-O-R-A-L.com, so Wilkins4AL.com. You can find lots of information about our campaign. If you missed the announcement, uh, uh, you'll be able to find links for that as well for the full speech. There's also all of our social media uh, pages are are there. So we look forward to engaging uh, with the community. Uh, I want to be as transparent as, uh, as possible. Welcome into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott Beeson. We appreciate you listening. We are going to have to take a little break here. We've got a guest that we had lined up, and we'll get back to talking about Israel. Thunder, I see you out there. Um, we need to talk to Jordan Davison. If you, if you can call back in just a few moments, that would be great. We would greatly appreciate it, and we appreciate you calling. But Jordan Davison is our guest, and uh, Allison knows all about him and set it up. So give us uh, give us the details. I'm really excited about this, actually. Well, Jordan and I met at a little reception up in Washington, D.C. when I was there uh, last week or the week go ahead before. And say it again. Did you go to Washington, D.C., yeah, Allison? I did, and I had a blast. <laughs> this is so much fun. Which is crazy because I kind of hate the place. But anyway, but Jordan, I met and he has a pretty amazing personal story that I thought would be good for people to hear. Um, But he also works for a think tank lobbyist group in Washington, D.C. called Smart Approaches to Marijuana. And there's a lot going on in Alabama right now with uh, trying to get the cannabis commission set up and dispensaries. Oh, medical marijuana dispensaries. Mm-hmm, yes. Set up yes. in the state. It's been a total debacle, such a mess. But something that's happening on the national level is Senator Tommy Tuberville co-sponsored um, a bill called the Safer Banking Act. And what it would do would be to allow funds, financial cash credit card, whatever, transactions to go through the banks for marijuana dispensaries. The problem with that is that marijuana is still classified as illegal on the federal level. Uh Well, Jordan and some other of his coworkers from SAM, Smart Approaches to Marijuana, went and met with Senator Tuberville. And that's kind of where I want to jump in, Jordan, is I, I really, what happened out of that meeting is maybe unheard of. 
And I'm curious kind of what you talked about with Coach Tuberville and your approach to why uh, we need to really think through what we do with medical marijuana, with <laughs> banking and allowing this to go through our federal banks. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on today, Allison. Um, it was pretty disappointing. I had a meeting with Senator Tuberville's staff. I've met with them several times about this issue. Um, and we even sent a letter, actually. Sam and a bunch of different groups from Alabama, local people, constituents, state senators, state representatives, urging him not to support the Safe Banking Act. Now, thankfully, that got him to back away from co-sponsoring but he still said that he fully supports the bill. Uh, he even had a quote and was asked about the letter, and he said that that doesn't matter. Um, it was disappointing to hear that his constituent's voice doesn't matter. It's a really dangerous piece of legislation that will allow Wall Street money, big pharma money, to be injected in the billions into the marijuana industry and just explode its growth and commercialization um, of this new addiction for profit industry. Um, but Senator Tuberville didn't seem to um, really care about that too much, which was really disappointing. What are his reasons for supporting this? Why does he think this is a good piece of legislation? Well, there aren't really good reasons. Apparently, he took a tour of a dispensary in Colorado and and they kind of changed his mind. Don't really see what that has to do with Alabama. Um, but he claims that it has to do with hemp farming. Um, and, it, you know, which I don't even know how much there is in Alabama. And he's he said he's concerned that farmers are leaving their hemp plants in the sun for too long, causing them to over mature and tick up their THC levels to an illegal level from the legal level for hemp THC, the kind of intoxicating part of marijuana, is 0.3%. He says they, they'll pick up a little more and feds will come in and then ask the hemp farmers, who, who is your bank? And they want to shut down those banks. That is never going to happen, has never happened, and is, is probably, honestly, brownie points for creativity. Um, the, the, the kind of oddest way to support safe banking, it, it, it's a little bit bizarre. So let me ask you a question, Jordan, because um, I'm trying to understand really what the feds are, are saying or not doing. So say I was a marijuana salesperson, whatever. I've got a shop in Colorado, and people come in, and they buy a bunch of marijuana, and for whatever reason, I don't really care. And then I've got all this cash in my, my cash register. Can I not go put it in the bank? Uh, what are we talking about when we're talking about the feds and their banking regulations that I yep. can't, am I, am I, are they putting all their cash in mattresses or mason jars in the yard? What are the, what are they doing right now in these states that requires the federal government to change something to allow someone to bank? I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, and that's the underlying question here. Um, you know, there's this is basically the myth of safe banking, right? The whole argument in the first that, bank, that marijuana businesses can't access banking services, so they're forced to deal in all cash, and that that's a safety risk, that they'll get robbed. Okay, that's that's Personally, what I was hearing, but yeah. I, that just sounds well, so, odd so, to me, because it's millions and millions of dollars. They're not holding that in the, right. the trunk of their car. Well, so right. So there's a couple things going on. Firstly, the public safety threat won't go away, you know, even if that never happened, because people are actually more often stealing the marijuana itself 
and then selling it on the black market. So break-ins okay. and stuff like that will still happen. But okay. the fact of the matter is, the U.S. Treasury collects data on banks reporting who they work with, what kind of businesses they work with, risky businesses, things like that. And over 800 banks in the second quarter of 2023 reported that they're working with marijuana businesses. Since 2014, the Treasury has uh, collected this data. Since 2014, banks have been working with marijuana businesses. And I'll just put it to you this way. The U.S. federal government has not decided to intervene in state legalization. They have not decided to shut it down. Even what Alabama has with its medical program is technically federally illegal. Now, the idea that the feds are going to come in and shut these dispensaries down, that's never happened. And so the idea that they're going to punish banks who are working with marijuana businesses is even a step further. That's also never going to happen, never has happened since California legalized medical marijuana in 1996. So Merrick Garland, the U.S. Attorney General, said uh, in his Senate confirmation that he's going to adhere to the Obama administration policy of basically Mm non-interference. So banks are already working with these businesses. It's not going to happen, no interference. So what they really want is the billions and billions of dollars that are on the sidelines from huge industries waiting to invest in this industry. That's what's current. That's what is currently not happening. Yeah, now let, let me ask another question because this seems to be one of the things that little guys, quote unquote, little guys, don't always get. Um, I would imagine most of these states are doing the same kind of things that Alabama are doing. It's, it's, it's a kind of a good old boy network. If you're plugged in, you probably get one of the licenses if you're not. And I'm sure they think they are movers and shakers in their own state. But, but yep. from a business standpoint, shouldn't they be the ones lobbying the senators going, hey, no, no, we don't need this. We don't, we don't need to open this up because then you end up with the, I'll just make it up, um, the Amazon of marijuana, the Pfizer of marijuana, just comes in and crushes all these little, quote-unquote, little guys who think they're big fish in small ponds. From a business standpoint, it doesn't sound very bright to me. Yeah, so, you know, I, I don't think I need to tell any of your listeners that, that big money, uh, Wall Street money, uh, unfortunately, is always going to overpower and sometimes win the day. Um, yes. That's overwhelmingly what, what we hear, right? Um, these little businesses definitely want more capital, um, and this bill will help with that. But there are people who are definitely concerned about that. More um, you know, liberal uh, drug organizations are, are actually against this bill as well um, because they, even though we're against legalization, period, um, they see that as, as definitely a threat. The, the MSOs, multi-state operators, basically the mm-hmm. big boys in the marijuana industry are going to be the ones who benefit from this. And there are even some senators, for example, Raphael Warnock, a Democrat from Georgia, who um, might be supportive of this legislation generally, voted no in the Senate Banking Committee because he was concerned that the little businesses, um, you know, whether it's veteran-owned businesses or, or minority-owned businesses or whatever it is, are going to get locked out um, and are going to suffer, um, actually, as a result of this bill. And, and he's spot on about that. So I do want to point out that uh, Senator Katie Britt from Alabama also voted no against this bill in Mm -hmm. uh, the Senate Banking Committee, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would love to have her on to talk to us about why she did. It passed through committee, though, anyway, didn't it, Jordan? Yes, it unfortunately did pass. But we were were expecting this. The next battle is going to be on the Senate floor. 
um, when Chuck Schumer tries to put it up. And, and I'll just say this. Chuck Schumer could put this up at any time. He could have put it up the second that the Senate Bank Committee, Banking Committee passed it out, um, but he hasn't. And the reason is because he doesn't have the votes. They don't have the votes. But, uh, That's right. They don't have the votes, but the key thing is, because in the Senate, remember, because of the filibuster, you need to get 60 votes. Um, but the, the, the issue here is that Tommy Tuberville could be the key vote. If Senator Schumer rallies all the Democrats to him, that's 51 votes. And then originally, uh, an older version of the bill, which had more co-sponsored, had eight Republican co-sponsors, not including Senator Tuberville. So that would make 59 votes. So he could very well be the 60th vote and help this bill pass. Wow. So, Jordan, tell us this, and I know it. in a few minutes we'll have to go to break, so we may have to continue your story. We will continue your story. But how did you get involved with any of this in the first place? What's your story in regards to marijuana? Yeah, well, my story is that on December 2018, I entered long-term addiction recovery and sobriety. Um, when I was younger, I struggled with marijuana use, this high-potency THC marijuana vapes that are being sold across legal markets. You know, just for reference, in the 70s, the kind of Woodstock weed was only 2 to 5% potent. Now it's upwards of 99%, and that's the kind of stuff that I was using. And I got addicted to it. It interfered with my life, my family, my friends, my school. Um, everything got impacted by my use. And um, I was lucky enough to have a family and a community behind me to support me and tell me that I was going down the wrong path. And so thankfully I got into recovery and went to rehab and 12 step things. And almost five years later, um, now I'm working to, to fight against the expansion of, of this high potency marijuana. Wow. Yeah, your story is, it sounds, I mean, let me ask you this question. The, the reality of what marijuana does is it different than what people think? It, it, it seems to me that marijuana is one of the biggest benefactors of propaganda that there there really has ever been. I mean, I'm I'm a lot older than you, Jordan, but I can remember people telling you know it's going to help you study, it's going to do this, it'll it's going to you improve your performance, per, if improve you're an your athlete. athletic performance, all these kinds of things. And none of that is true, but but millions of Americans believed these things. Yes, and they still do believe these things. Um, they, th this industry relies on misinformation because they follow the 80-20 rule, which states that 80% of their profits come from 20% of their consumers, so they rely on addiction. You know, the fact is marijuana increases rates of anxiety, depression, even psychosis, and there's even been a causal link to schizophrenia. And over time, with intellectual performance, we're seeing chronic marijuana use causing an average of eight points in IQ drop. Um, there's a lot of really negative consequences, and one of the most dangerous ones is driving, right? Because that doesn't just affect the user. Um, in states that have legalized marijuana, we're seeing you know tripling, quadrupling, of, of marijuana-induced car crashes um, that, that are killing people. Uh, studies show that an estimated 7,000 additional fatal car crashes will happen if marijuana is legalized. Um, so there's, there's a plenty of negative consequences, um, but unfortunately people like to say, oh, it's just a plant. You know, I remind people heroin is also a plant coming from poppy, right? All these kind of little lines that people like to use don't don't uh, don't really jive well with the science and over 30,000 peer-reviewed studies on marijuana. 
Absolutely. Jordan, we got to take a break, brother. I don't know if you can stick with us or if you need to go. Yep. So, nope, um, for sure. You can? Okay. So on the other side, we want you to tell people how they can get in touch with your organization, how they can find out more information. But we've got Jordan Davison with us. We'll have him on the other side for a few more moments. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We are powered by 1819 News. Go check out our friends over at 1819news.com. You can support the work they're doing. Consider becoming a member. Join the team. Join the fight. Just go to the website upper right-hand corner, little box there where you can uh, help them with what they are doing. It's small price to pay, very affordable. We still have the Amy Beth Shaver $5 Friday specials. Yeah, you I don't believe. have to wait till Friday. Mm, you don't anymore. It's just like a thing all the time. But That's support right. nonprofit journalism that represents your values. Become an 1819 News member today. Jordan Davison is still with us. He is with, what's it called, the Smart Approach to Marijuana Group. I'm always fascinated just by the the level of the lack of our understanding about what marijuana actually does to folks. Um, and and look, and sometimes people bring up things like alcohol, et cetera. And I'll just say for myself, and, and this is just my opinion, people don't have to agree with me. But I think we would have been better off as a country if we'd have stayed with prohibition. Because prohibition did what it was promised to do. Domestic violence was down. Alcoholism was down. Um, all the things that alcohol caused were all down. It actually worked. You know, when people say, oh, no, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't. No, it worked. But people were still doing it, and people were still doing it illegally, and that's how the Kennedys made a fortune. I, I get all that. But then the government came along and elected officials came along and said, you know what? People are going to do it anyway, and we can raise money. We can raise a lot of money. We will solve problems. We'll fix education. We'll fix homelessness. We'll fix all these things. We'll just tax it. Make it legal, and we'll tax it, and it'll be great. Which is what they always tell us, and which is what they're telling us on this one. And I'm not saying I'm, you know... I'm not king. I'm not elected. I'm not any of those things. I'm not saying go back to prohibition. I'm just saying that it seems like every time one of these issues is put before us as a people, we're told, well, just tax it. If we tax it, we'll fix the schools. If we tax it, we'll fix this problem. We won't even have to raise taxes if we just tax that. And it never works because we don't really ever fix those problems that we had. We just, we're just told we'll get more money and it'll be easy. And we go, yeah, and we don't. And we, we ignore a lot of the facts of the effects of what these things do. And I think a lot of Americans are, are still believing, like Jordan said, they still think, hey, look, it's just, it's just a little marijuana. It's not, it is, what, he said it, Jordan said it, it's, Addiction for profit. Mm. And and this is what's funny about it. Jordan, I want your take on this too. We act as Americans, we get all worked up about tobacco, cigarettes, and they sold us a bill of goods. And oh, it was terrible. We didn't know. They lied to us. They lied to us. And all the mamas are out there. I can't, little Johnny can't, but no, he can't smoke a cigarette. And then the next breath, they're like, well, yeah, but he might need a little marijuana. It's okay. I'm like, how, how, do we, how did we get here? It's because we don't really know. We don't really know what we're talking about. 
we just believe the propaganda. So, Jordan, I do have a question. Um, when Amy Beth was asking you about your experience with it, um, can you expand on it a little bit? I mean, were you just a regular kid and somebody, was there a, a mean, evil guy who jumped out of a van and forced you to start smoking some marijuana or was it at a at a party or you said oh it's no big deal or somebody told you oh it's the greatest thing it won't do anything to you that's just dumb people like scott beeson telling you you'll get addicted can you give us a little background on your story yeah um firstly i just wanted to quickly note on, on what you just said was absolutely right and uh and it's really a trick what they're doing with the taxes because what they do is they promise to increase taxes on, on marijuana so that we can right, fund the schools and do all this stuff. But you look over what's happening in California, and now they say, well, taxes are too high. We still have a black market because the taxes are too high, so now let's cut all the taxes. So they sell people on the taxes, and then they remove the taxes. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's like it's a total sleight of hand. Um, and it's, 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 it's really insane. But yeah, you know, it wasn't a big scary man who came up to me and forced me to start smoking marijuana. That was, that's actually the bad thing. It like almost wish it, it were because it was one of my closest friends who didn't know any better, right? We were in high school and I got introduced to drooling, to vaping, right? Um, and then I got introduced by that same friend who I trusted to marijuana. And it wasn't someone who had any malintent for me. It was someone who didn't know, just a, a you know, a stupid teen, another stupid teenager. Uh, and uh, and I thought I was cool, and then with the cool kids doing that, and then I, you know, started. I woke up one day and wanted to start doing it myself, not just socially with friends. And that's how it all kind of gets out of control, right? When you start needing to do it yourself, and it's not just a social thing that you can control. Um, right. And that's really how my story started. So at that point, did you know, like once you started wanting to do it by yourself in your room in the morning when you're waking up or before you go to bed because it helps you sleep better, were you like, I've got a problem, I need to get help, or was it just this kind of slip into, you don't even know it's happening, you just, it's just the next step? Yeah, I mean, to me, right, the, the, the hallmark of addiction is denial, Right, that is the key thing with addiction. The ability for an addict to, to deny themselves the food, right? Say, I'm, I'm not addicted, this is totally safe, totally fine. And so it was a, a process of rationalization. So I went back to school um, in high school after a summer of really heavy use and I said, you know what, I'm not gonna use at school, I don't wanna interfere with my grades, okay, that was great for a week. But then I said, oh, well, maybe I can just do it on weekends, right? Because I don't have any classes. And then it was, oh, I have a half day Wednesday, so I can do it after class on Wednesday. And then it was, oh, I don't really care about math class that much, right? I can do it before math class. You know, and you can see how it kind of spirals out of control. Um, I was lucky to have friends and family who were able to call out my behavior time and time again. It didn't just take one time or two times or even three times. But people repeatedly telling me, you're going down the wrong path. It's time to start talking about quitting, not just slowing down. Um, you know, my friends held an intervention for me. Um, that Those steps were really crucial to me. You know, my girlfriend at the time gave me an ultimatum. You know, it's either me or this. Um, and so some, some tough luck in many instances. Um, but meanwhile, are you still hearing from social media and all your other friends? You can't get addicted. It's really... Alcohol is way worse. Right. I mean, come on. Like, it's it's natural. Yeah. God made it. Yeah. It's just, it's so, I have kids your age, and, and I watch it every day. 
um, just go down the path just like you are. And it's terrifying. Can you, we got to go to another break. It stinks. We got to pay the bills. Can you hold on and go over to the next segment? Yep. Sweet. All right. Jordan Davison is with us. Uh, We'll hear the rest of his story on the other side. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott Beeson. By the way, um, Jordan Davison from Smart Approaches to Marijuana, who we started the conversation about this bill in Washington, D.C., where they call it the banking bill, the marijuana safe bank, banking. safe banking mm. bill. And, and look, I, I would be fine with the federal government saying, hey, look, you know, there's certain things that, that are illegal, and if you're a bank, you can't be giving loans, you can't invest in it, you can't, all this kind of stuff. But somebody depositing their money, eh, you got to put your money somewhere. So, because we don't want crime with people trying to store it. That I would understand completely. But Jordan making the point that, no, this is about, it's really not about keeping anybody safe. It's about allowing Wall Street to say, okay, we're not worried about it anymore. We're not worried about the feds. Let's get in here with both feet and we'll start buying ads. Can you imagine mm. if Pfizer starts buying ads Golly. for this? You know, what was it, Sky's products? Sky, Sky Wizzy, Rizzy. Sky Rizzy. It's just going to be 24 hours a day. All daytime television will be is uh, billboard lawyers, regular pharmaceuticals, and pot commercials. Oh All day gosh. long, every day. It'll be great. Which will be fine because you can't advertise cigarettes, right? Because right. we got to keep people safe. Acapulco mm. Gold Lights. <laughs> <laughs> I just, anyway, but Jordan, we appreciate you being on and we appreciate the work that you are doing and to try to get people, because we didn't, we didn't, I mean, we didn't know what safe banking was. I love how they come up with these names. That don't mean what they say they mean, right? Yeah. It's my favorite. Interesting. Well, so how do people, do y'all have any questions for him? Okay. Abs has one more question. I have one more question and then I know Allison, well, I'll ask the question, Allison. I know you've got one. Just very quickly, what are your key takeaways from the people who are listening? And I can hear their heads exploding right now that they're saying that, you know, alcohol or pot, there's there's just, like, what are the differences? What are your key takeaways against using pot, especially because so many kids seem to be at risk today because we are dealing with a high THC component. Would you educate the mom out there that's trying to talk to her teen and is like, I don't even know what to say. Please help me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is just a different drug than it ever has been, right? When we're talking about marijuana of today, it's it's not even like helpful to compare it to marijuana of 50 years ago. It is certainly not just a plant. And the addiction rate to marijuana today is 30%. And those are statistics from the CDC, from the National Institutes of Health, from various peer-reviewed studies, right? This is an addictive substance. And it also really harms the mind. You know, they talk about differences between alcohol and marijuana. Is alcohol more dangerous? Is marijuana more dangerous? You know, I think it's helped to classify it in kind of certain subsets. So when we're talking about mental health, which I think parents and teens are both worried about. Marijuana is certainly more dangerous, right? When my marijuana use started with anxiety. I thought that I had anxiety and I thought that marijuana would help and it did for a little bit, but why? Because it was just a Band-Aid, right? It was just covering up the problems that I had. And eventually I ended up with an addiction and my anxiety is still there. Um, and so I think 
a helpful conversation with teens is to tell them, you know, if, if you're going through something that's uh, mental health related, depression, anxiety, things a lot of teenagers go through, um, this isn't actually something that will help you. You might feel like it does, but it won't really in the long term. And that's really important for people to understand. Is, is that one of the things that people miss is, is the long term? It, you, you take it the first couple of times and you're like, oh, this is so much better. And then it turns out not to be long lasting. And then now you're into something that's difficult to get out. Yeah, it's, exa- it's exactly the same thing. I mean, imagine if we um, like substituted alcohol for marijuana. Like imagine if marijuana had been fully legal for a long time and we're just talking about alcohol. Right? People would be having the same exact conversation. Oh, when I drink, I feel so much better. My depression goes away. My anxiety goes away. People talk about PTSD. Well, if I'm drunk, I don't feel like that stuff. And we would be talking about medical alcohol and all this stuff, right? But at the end of the day, we all know that out, that drinking away your problems isn't um, a good way to solve them. Um, and that's because we've had more experience with alcohol, right? And we understand that now. Um, it's just the same exact dynamic for marijuana. And, you know, I'll also say marijuana today is more dangerous than ever. I mean, people are having, it, it sounds like reefer madness, but it really is true. People are having psychotic breaks. People are, um, you know, suicidality is increasing. Um, they're even, you know, sometimes people are dying from fentanyl that's um, being, you know, laced into marijuana. Um, it, it's just not even a safe drug to, to, to try. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Jordan, I just want to reiterate, how old are you right now? 22. And when did you first smoke pot? Um... After my summer after my freshman year of high school. So 15, 16 years old. Yeah, yeah, about then. That's, think about that. As a mom, think about that with your kids. And it started so, that's right, you're the same age as my oldest son, Jewel, you know, all the vaping stuff. And, oh, it's safer than smoking cigarettes. And vape and vape and vape. And then you get these dab pens. Oh, it's safer. You know, you know the THC content. Well, yeah, it's like 100%. And, you know, it's just false. It's just lies. Lies, lies, lies. And you are 22 years old and have already been through rehab for an addiction. Um, I appreciate you coming on and being able to talk about this. I think it's just a... A good discussion to kind of hear the other side, to hear from, because, I mean, I'm 45 years old, and in my head, it's it's still the same weed that it was in 1980, 1990, and it's just not, and you're dealing with accessibility that was never there. You know, you don't even have to pick up the phone or get your beeper and beep anyone. You go to Snapchat, you slide up, you have a drug menu, you go meet somebody that you may or may not even know. That's where the fentanyl stuff gets terrifying because you don't... Anyway, the days of old school pot use are over. um, And I don't think a lot of us have caught up with that. Switching gears, though, real quickly, how can people find out about smart approaches to marijuana, your group, and what do we need to be doing in Alabama uh, with Senator Tuberville, Senator Britt, and the medical... I don't know if you've looked at our state medical cannabis... I hate even calling it that because what we're really going for is recreational weed. Mm -hmm. But have you looked at any of our legislation and what's coming our way? And do you have any opinions on that real quick? Yeah, well, first of all, people can can reach us. Our website is www.learnaboutsam.org. My email is jordan at learnaboutsam.org. Happy to get in touch with any listeners. Um, And as for Senators Tuberville and Britt, you know, call Senator Britt and 
in, in her office and or email them and, and tell her to stay firm on, on being a no on state banking and tell Senator Tuberville that you're upset to learn um, that he's supporting this legislation um, that isn't right for, for the state, isn't right for our country. Um, and that's the best way to really make your voice heard. Um, as for Alabama's, you know, quote unquote medical marijuana, you know, the thing about medical marijuana, right, is it's not how we treat any other medicine. It's not FDA approved. It, medical marijuana is a card that you get from some quack doctor online after 60 seconds of telling them you got anxiety. And then you go to a dispensary, not even a licensed pharmacy, and get unlimited quantities of marijuana, essentially, from someone who's a bud tender, that's what they call them, um, and not a pharmacist, uh, right? And then you just smoke as much as you want. Is that how we do any other medication? Or, um, you know, vote, we vote on medical marijuana. Imagine if we voted on things that are controversial, like the vaccines. Like, imagine if we put that up mm. for a vote. Right? Like, well, that's not how we should be treated. That's not how we treat any other medicine in this country. Um, and there's a reason that we don't, because marijuana isn't really medicine. Um, and in Alabama, you know, uh, it's going to be the same thing as in other states. Dispensaries are popping up, and I think constituents should make their voice heard that they don't want that in the state. You got it. Jordan Davison, we appreciate it, buddy. Good luck to you, and uh, pr we appreciate the work you're doing. Interesting conversation. we got to take another break, and we'll get to uh, Deborah on the other side. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on this episode of Alabama Unfiltered.